Welcome back to the Jote Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 117. Have Odell Beckham and Aaron Rodgers turned into the Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons of football? Yeah, pretty much. Like, it, it is a pretty far-fetched comparison, but it's two soap operas that we've been dealing with the last few months, and I feel like especially, I mean, the NBA just started, but I feel like no matter what happens, we're going to be dealing with all four of these people for the next four or five months at least at least and then football is going to end and then we're going to focus more on oh new york's not updating their vaccine mandate Kyrie still can't play (laughs) exactly it's never ending saga multiple sagas so we're going to talk about odell aaron Rodgers because i don't think i think when we recorded the last episode it was before we heard anything about Rodgers. right like we just assumed oh you know green bay kansas city that's going to be a great game on sunday Definitely not fell flat. Uh, we'll talk about the Carolina Panthers quarterback situation. Uh, it's MLB award season. I feel like they didn't wait long enough. Like, yeah, I know they they must have some other sti- other things on their uh, ad- agenda. Because they threw Gold Glove award nominations. Um, I didn't know they did all MLB like all NBA teams. Oh really? Yeah. I, I wonder if they, they just they added that recently to keep everyone's attention. Right. Uh, in the NHL, we'll talk about the hot start across the Western Conference when we thought everyone was going to be terrible. Uh, I'm going to gush about the Detroit Red Wings, and then we'll talk about this. I don't even want to say bad stretch for the Raptors, but it's definitely adversity after a pretty big winning streak, and it looked like they were going to cruise for the whole season. I right. think we all knew it was going to stop at some point, and then... We have to talk about the hopefully impending battle between the Jokic's and the Morris's. Fair enough. Uh, we'll start in the NFL where, again, I think even Odell, we I don't think we recorded until after he was released. I think it was just he didn't get traded. And, yeah, it was up in the air. So he was released and everything was, okay, he's taking his time. And now he's not even going to sign until after this weekend. Yeah, that's... He's trying to get his last five minutes of fame, I guess. I mean, it's down to three teams. Originally, I thought it was going to be Seattle. That seemed like the smartest choice. You walk in, you're the right. number three receiver, no yeah. pressure. Right. And we said that, I think. Yeah. The, Go to a team that there's no pressure. And Seattle would be a great fit because that's a team, like, I was talking about this with someone. Like, Seattle is probably in the best case scenario right now with Russ coming back. Yeah. And the weapons they already have if they added odell to me that's like pretty guaranteed to be a playoff team considering he gelled well yeah considering how that division's kind of straightened itself out or made itself crooked whatever way you (laughs) want to look at it It, it's a lot wonkier and as much as i loved the all four teams making the playoffs i think san francisco is going to be the team that ruins that yeah they should have went with their b team their minor league team would have been a better record than their major team so Odell's down to three teams, which, again, it'll lead into the Rodgers conversation, but Green Bay is one of those teams. Wow. I mean, football-wise, if it works, again, I think all three of these teams, if it works, it works, and it'll be amazing. Right. But you still have that concern of what if he walks in and he doesn't get enough targets and he could just leave the team. Is It'd be kind of like Brown, right? Yeah, like the, the Patriots were apparently like the first – it was the first report that the Patriots contacted him, which right. 
I, I guess Belichick believes he can rehabil- rehabilitate anyone. Yeah, well, that's what he does, right? Isn't that the third? Josh um, Gordon, Antonio Brown. And yeah. This would be. Third wide receiver with, I don't know what we call it, issues. Character issues? Yeah. Uh, the second team, Kansas City, which I, I feel like it's just how many weapons, not too many weapons because they're not working. Yeah. I feel like he's at least a more dynamic piece because I feel like everyone kind of forgets that Josh Gordon is on the Chiefs now. Right. I kind of do at times. I I don't know if Odell Beckham is really going to be their answer. I don't know what the fix is for this Chiefs team. Yeah, they just seem to be sputtering. Like, they even traded our Canadian boy on the offensive line, which I don't think it's a great offensive line, but it's like they didn't want to give him a chance, and off he goes. Yeah. And the third and final team, which I think logistically makes the most sense, the New Orleans Saints. Right. Played at LSU. Yeah. And from, I don't know if he's from that area. I know his dad played at LSU too, but it's also a team where Odell would walk into that locker room and he would be the number one wide yeah, receiver. That, yeah. Just, to, I guess it depends what he wants. His head's so big, he may want to do go that route, right? Be the number one guy or think he still is the number one guy unfortunately and that might work against him because I, i'm also pretty sure he's a free agent so you have to go to a team where you're going to showcase yourself because he isn't a number one wide receiver anymore so you need to prove to a team yeah. that you're worth being the number two yeah and maybe the number three on a great team and there's no great quarterback there in new orleans unless they bring drew back <laughs> so I, I don't know I th- I, it's definitely up in the air i i would say out of those three teams i think Green Bay is probably the most fun because it could really go downhill quickly. Yeah. But I just feel like if it somehow could rehabilitate the Chiefs, I would want to see that. Like, I want to see the Chiefs, like, in the division hunt in week 15 through 18. Uh, You probably will see that. Because we have seen the Chargers and the Raiders. They are, I mean, the Raiders especially. Yeah. They're both up and down, right? Hanging on for dear life. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers, so missed the game this weekend. Um, consulted with his good friend Joe Rogan, which yes, Doctor Rogan, the host of his very own podcast that lasts about seven hours each episode. Former host of Fear Factor, UFC commentator, and yeah, medical professional. That's that's a great, uh, it's a great career he's got there. It it sucked because once we found out he wasn't playing and he was out for the ten days, at least there is a chance he plays this weekend, and I think the line shows that they think he's playing yeah he just he won't be prepared he can't join the team until saturday that's an interesting matchup green bay seattle because you're getting two quarterbacks that haven't been there obviously rogers on his own accord for 10 days and russell wilson coming back after being off that's a tough tough one to pick and we were supposed to have this great Kansas City, Green Bay, Rodgers, Mahomes, and I right. think we said it's it would have been the first time they played. Yeah. And instead we get Jordan Love, who for how the game turned out, I think I was actually pretty impressed with him. Yeah, it, unfortunately Kansas City Chiefs defense looked like the number one defense in the NFL. It, it seems like a guy that in the next couple, I, I think I would be concerned if he's their starting quarterback next year. I think he needs a little bit more time, but I feel like he might just be thrusted into that spot. It's funny because, like, if you look at the Cowboys situation, they bring in definitely not as qualified quarterback, 
when they brought in their backup. Oh, but it fit into the system and it worked. But yeah, like Love, who I think has way more talent than I can't even think of the quarterback for Dallas now, the backup Cooper Rush. Thank you, Rush. Right, and yeah, it's again. Green Bay was lucky to score seven points in that game. Like it just, they just, it didn't feel threatening at all. I'm just surprised again they didn't throw more um, design runs into the attack for Love because just to give them some success. Yeah, it's not like they didn't have time to prepare. It felt like yeah. they gave Jordan Love and said, "Hey, you're going to be Aaron Rodgers," which mm. he's not. He's not exactly like and Rodgers to show you. He does he does do some rollouts and he can't yeah. move when he has to. But right. But again, that's the key word you just said, when he has to. Yeah, Jordan Love, in the same way as Trey Lance, they kind of need that because they almost are going to fall. Because now I feel like we could say Lamar has evolved as a passer where he's a threat whether or not he's dropping back or if he's taking off and running. Exactly. So you're always having the defense, okay, is he running or passing, right? It's the always the constant run pass option yeah where if you don't have that it goes to show you like now they're just pinning their ears back and 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 coming for you right yeah if you're not tom brady who is going to death by a thousand cuts get his wins Mm -hmm. then you need a quarterback that even i would say mac jones is more on that side like he doesn't have to move around but but he can he can yeah and he'll take not his he'll take his short passes yep and then he'll take a shot Right, like he is, like I know comparing him to Brady isn't great because it's the Patriots and it's the same system, but he's just running that system well. Same yep. with what he did in Alabama. And honestly, it's funny to say in the NFL he probably has less talent around him yeah. than he did in college. In Alabama, yeah, exactly. Uh, Sam Darnold is expected to be out four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. Uh, Carolina was then looking at every option, which everybody's done instead. They made the actual great decision to bring back Cam Newton. Oh, I was just going to say they did because I thought maybe Cam Newton was living with uh, Colin Kaepernick <laughs> for some reason. He's just he's in that blacklisted house and not allowed to come play. Because it was every – so Russ gets hurt and it's okay. Maybe Seattle should sign Cam Newton. Jameis gets hurt, what, last week, two weeks ago? Yeah. Okay, the Saints should go after Cam. And they both went – Nah, we'll just stick with our backups. We'll stick with Geno Smith and Trevor Simeon, which is one of those. It's just not. It, it makes more sense for Seattle now that Russ is back and they right. still have a chance to make the playoffs. New Orleans, though, I think we can all agree is it's just objectively the wrong decision to not go after Cam and stick with Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon. Agreed. Is this the record for most backup quarterbacks playing? and or third strings for teams it's definitely got to be up there like it's it's more which starting quarterbacks have remained yeah that's kind of where we're at like josh allen hasn't missed the game actually it'd probably be too long to go through everyone but like at least i think in every division i could think of at least one team that has gone to their backup right which is it's kind of wild i i love this reunited story i loved cam when he was on the panthers he was such a fun player to watch i don't know I doubt he really gets a shot to play because I actually do also like PJ Walker. He's one of those dynamic. He can at least move around. Right. But if you throw Cam in like short field situations, yeah, like you can integrate him into your offense. It's gonna make him like a Tyson Hill. Yeah. 
man, I don't know. have them have them involved in some way. I honestly, I hope in a few weeks we can say, all right, Cam's the starter for the rest of the year. Like that to me is just the most fun because that's not like, I mean, unless there's some miracle story for Cam Newton to lead them to the playoffs, that would be amazing. But I just it doesn't seem realistic. Carolina to me is not a playoff team. I mean, we've we've been saying but this since what week four? Since they were three and all, we, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thursday night football, we've got uh, a not so great one. We've got Baltimore in Miami, right? Favored by seven and a half. I wasn't gonna do a guess the line for that. It's more of just I, I know you you know I love my little backdoor covers. I I just don't know if miami can keep up with baltimore who's starting for miami is it percent that's a great question he, he started last game because Tua was out again another backup quarterback <laughs> stepping into the limelight uh let's see baltimore miami well because i think Tua is hurt Plus, yeah i think it was his finger what's the over under for number of fans wearing bags over their heads in miami <laughs> um yeah i mean I would say maybe like 20% of the stadium, 25 will probably be Ravens fans. I don't know yeah. if they travel. And they never but... sell out in Miami. I don't understand that. Like, they're always a successful franchise, but they never seem to – too much other things to do in Miami, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's on the lower side of fun for right. Miami events. I wonder if the Williams sisters are still part owners there. I think I've, I didn't – I haven't I, heard that they're not. Yeah, right? I feel like it would have been a story if they did sell it. Uh, this year it, it says Jacoby Brissett, which I think is better for Miami, which is terrible for Tua, but yeah. Brissett, you at least have a better chance because he's going to try, he's going to take shots at least. Yeah. That's, that's, that's tough for Miami that you drafted this guy, especially now that it's, you took Tua over Herbert. Yeah. Who looks like, I mean, I feel like we can pump the brakes a little bit that he's, he's not. He's having his sophomore slump. Thank you very much. Which it didn't look like he was going to. But he is. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the rest of week ten. Um actually wait, do you have a would take Baltimore in the spread? Seven and a half? Oh yeah. Or does this like a I was gonna say the last time uh, they played it was fifty nine ten. Wow. I wouldn't say it's gonna be that bad, but yeah, like thinking thirty five six. Thirty five nine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, does Miami get to double digits? It's more those are the conversations yeah. we have to have. Um, all right, so week 10, guess the lines. First game up, Buffalo at the Jets. Buffalo coming off the really, really, really bad loss. Or just yeah. the – I mean, it was fun the that rust. it was the, the Josh, Josh Allen Bowl. Right, exactly, but definitely rust. Two weeks in a row of really rust. So uh, – I'm going to say the again, based on the last two weeks, the lines are going to come into play there. Um, so I'll, I'll say Buffalo is only favored by eight and a half. See, I also, I, I went with what the odds makers would be thinking yeah. and it's okay. This is a Buffalo letdown spot. Right. I said Buffalo by 10 and a half and it's Buffalo by 12 and a half. Wow. Yeah. See, I was thinking 10 and a half, but I'm thinking just based on the last two weeks, they might lower that. But I guess they still figure the Jets, Jets, Jets are that bad. <laughs> and they're starting Mike White, which I think is, again, the better better quarterback they've and had. we're talking about backup quarterbacks. 
Uh, next up, Tampa Bay at Washington playoff rematch, which was funny that Tampa Bay was the road team in that. Right. Um, I said Tampa Bay would be favored by ten and a half in Washington. Um, I'm gonna say twelve and a half. And it is nine and a half. Wow. So not a lot of faith in the Bucks. Like what? The, again, they had a bad week, right? It's all what you did last week. No. What did you? What did you say? Twelve. Twelve and a half. It's always halves. Like I think there's a couple spreads that aren't halves, and it oh, just really? made me Because Proline has a lot of those. Of just like straight. Straight. Yeah, they're looking for pushes. I guess just to lower the people winning. Uh, next up, Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Again, Jacksonville coming off the rousing victory, even though their kicker missed like three kicks. Yeah. Uh, in Indianapolis, and Indy kind of now feels like this frisky team that yeah. like they might make the playoffs or they'll be in playoff contention. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll be in the mix for sure, especially because you have an extra playoff team that really I think if well, I think that might have been one of my uh, good, bad, and great. Mm-hmm. I took a picture of. Because they've already started that playoff picture. Playoff picture, yeah. A lot of teams. Um, I'm going to say the Colts are favored by 7.5. I said 12.5, and and it's 10.5. There was also the Trevor Lawrence went in and he had an MRI, I think, on something. Oh, there's Jaguars. Yeah, we haven't seen their backup quarterback (laughs) yet, and that just means we're going to bring back Blake Bortles. He's going to bring a championship home to Jacksonville. Thank you to the good place. Oh, my God. That's, that's really funny. Um, all right. Our next game. Actually, this is probably bad. I'll do Detroit-Pittsburgh because this, to me, this is the week. I know we say it a lot of weeks. Yeah. Pittsburgh coming off the big Monday night win. Yeah. Good old Pat Fryermuth, who I thought had been in the NFL for 10 years, but he's a rookie. Looks like an old man. Uh, he catches two touchdowns. The Lions are the winless Lions. And I think this is the week, not only because we can knock Pittsburgh down a peg, but yeah. we can get the Lions a win. I said Pittsburgh would be favored by nine and a half at home. Um, I'm going to say it's ten and a half. Um, ten and a half. It is nine. Again, one of the wow. one of the spreads that I think the Lions win this game coming off a of bye week. They bite the ankles off of the Pittsburgh Steelers and pull off a win. And thank you to Pittsburgh showing me that they aren't that good because my Chicago Bears won me my pro line ticket. You did. I, I didn't mean to. I meant to ask you, how much did you win from that? 70 bucks on a two buck. For testing how many Six games? Six games. Oh. Yeah, I, I just went all out and went, I like this one, this one, this one, this one. I just kept going down the list. And You always tell me not you know. to go by I know. Five. I, yeah, for sure. And I, I know. Um, all right, next up, the the battle of the podcast. The Atlanta Falcons visiting the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, boy. Who Who is ready for every, everyone to talk themselves into, well, look at Dallas last week. They yep. got killed by the Broncos. Yes. Falcons' big win against the Saints. Yeah. Every Falcons win has been a last-second young way coup kick. Yeah. Like, I don't – I guess the Jets was Either the only – make or miss or – yeah, or giving up a late touchdown. Again, I've – I probably overreacted the other way, thinking, okay, this is the ultimate. Dallas is going to come back with a statement, and Atlanta is going to let everyone down. Right. I said Dallas would be favored by 11 and a half. 
I'm going to say it's a little lower. I'm going to go uh, eight and a half. And you're going to get that. It's nine. Yeah. Just based, again, on the week before. But, yeah, I have a feeling the Cowboys come out strong here. I, 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 I'm going to take Cowboys and the points in this one. I don't think this is going to be uh, – you won't have to have your heart broken this week. It'll happen in the first quarter, not the fourth. <laughs> I think this is the ultimate prove it game for the Cowboys. If you yeah. are, if they are a legit, a legitimate contender, right, you shouldn't have a problem with yeah, a team like the Falcons. Yeah, just run it down the Falcons' throat and and take care of business. Uh, next up, the New Orleans Saints visiting the Tennessee Titans. No Derrick Henry, no problem. They took down the Rams yeah. pretty easily. And yeah. it's a defense that always looks terrible. The one interception, I don't want to give them credit for because Stafford was getting tackled in the end zone and just yeah, kind of threw it up. decided to be Wentz for a play there. Uh, I said the Titans would be favored by five and a half. Um, I'm going to say people are on the, the Saints. I'm going to say four and a half. And it is three. Titans yeah, by three. I was thinking three and a half, but yeah. I, I don't. Do we really think the Saints are going to hang around in nope. this game? I don't. I think the Tennessee – I don't care who you put as running back. I think Tennessee just overall is a way better team. Again, the Saints, uh, they're like the Steelers. Like, they'll be lucky to win five or six games this year. Like, they've been they, – both those teams have got lucky in my mind. How but, many wins do the Saints have? They. Uh, but, the, again, some of the wins, like, they, they – they take down Tampa Bay, who comes off a stale game. Are you ready for – we'll quickly go through the Saints season. Yeah. Uh, took down Green Bay week one. Yeah. Again, Green Bay wasn't ready to play. Like it, right? It's not like they won close games. Well, yeah, go ahead. Lost to the Panthers. They beat the Patriots. Okay. Looks a little better now. Yeah. Uh, lost to the Giants. Beat Washington. Bye week. Beat the Saints Monday night. Beat Tampa Bay, lost to the Falcons. They beat the Bucks because of the last, like the pick six at the end. Yeah. The Saint, the Seahawks was just as Geno Smith couldn't yeah. put away a game. They have five wins. They're a playoff team right now. I know, but just the the wins are just to me. I I just can't justify it. They're just not legitimate wins. I get it. Uh, Cleveland at New Orleans or New Orleans, New England, the other end. Um, Noel Dell Beckham Jr. and Cleveland walked all over Cincinnati, and now Cincinnati's last in the division after yeah, being the number one seed in the AFC two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I said the Patriots would be favored by one and a half. I think two and a half. And it is. What'd you say? Two and a half? Yeah, it is two and a half. Right. And um, I and I like Cleveland in this one. I think they're starting to to figure things out. Although they've got some. Still some injuries and Chubb, COVID guys. Chubb right? might be out. Yeah. So it might be the Ernest Johnson again. Uh, do you know who's back in on this Patriots season? No. Bill Simmons. Oh, boy. Spent Monday talking about, you know, last week I bet on the Patriots to win the AFC. It was 33-1. to 1. Mac, and he was just, he was really talking himself into this. I, I wonder if this is the week where he goes, okay, I mean, they're going to be in playoff contention. Yeah. But are we sure... I think Cleveland wins this by a touchdown. I I just think Baker and I was freaked out when Baker had like it looked like a tourniquet on his arm. Yeah, basically yeah, just to, to take keep his shoulder that together. Is crazy, like he's 
if Cleveland makes the playoffs, that's going to be impressive by itself. Right. And there's another team that's played their backup quarterback. <laughs> it actually has looked good. Case Keenum. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next up, I think we're in this end of the late window games. Again, the splits, because we can never figure this out. It's seven. Actually, seven to four isn't as bad. We have less and less games each week. Uh, Philadelphia at Denver. I said Denver would be favored by two and a half, even though I fully believe Philadelphia will win this game. I think, yeah, I agree. I think Denver's favored by four and a half based on what they did against Dallas. Uh, yeah, I'm public team. Uh, it's Denver by three. So I get that because that's half a point off. I have not been paying attention to who's been getting these right or not. Um, yeah, what, what about Denver? Like, sure, Teddy looked okay, and they're just yeah. it, it felt like one of those games where Dallas never had the ball, and they go for it on fourth down. Yeah, it just, yeah, it was a blowout. It wasn't entertaining. Again, the score, you got to watch these games, right? Oh, 30-16, that must have been no. a good game. Not at all. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, next up, I mean, I doubt we see Cam Newton, but Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers going <laughs> to Arizona to face the Cardinals. Uh Carolina, Carolina play last week. Um, Darnold got hurt, and I can't. They lost to. Finding it now. Sorry, just trying to think. Uh, New England. Right. Again, like they're just both mad teams. Arizona beat San Francisco pretty handily without their backup. With without Kyler or DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Maybe again, maybe this just falls into the. Why don't you just keep your keep your backup going, Colt McCoy? Looks like one of the best backups in football. Right now, for sure. Uh, I said Arizona would be favored by eight and a half. And I feel like I might have gone low. I'm going to say, do we know if uh, Kyler's back? Um, I will double check, but I doubt on a Thursday we would know for sure. Okay. Um, uh, that's DeAndre Hopkins. He's questionable. Uh, questionable. Questionable. Okay, I'll say they're uh they're favored by ten and a half. And you hit that right on the nose. I I feel like even if Kyler doesn't play, yeah, I wouldn't take the spread just because this could be the Colt McCoy lays an egg game, right? If it is him, but again, the Panthers are just they're they're kind of it's not like they're a tanking team or playoff team. They're just kind of in no man's land. Right. McCaffrey playing? I think so. Yeah. I I don't think he got hurt. He he might have been it. Um, might have no injury, but Sam Darnold out, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, next up, Minnesota at the L.A. Chargers. Wow, Minnesota lost the Purple Bowl in overtime. Right, Chargers. I keep forgetting last week now. Uh, Chargers. I'm going to say the Chargers are favored by four and a half. They beat Philadelphia. Uh, I also said four and a half, and it's Chargers by three. Is it because the Chargers had to come back at the end of the game? Uh, I th- I think it ha- might actually have more to do with the Purple People Eaters being a – they always seem to f- get to overtime and lose. They're that, Like, they're always in every game. It's either – 45-43 or 10-7. Like, like, they can play it any way, but still find a way to lose. Yeah. That's what this team seems to be like. <laughs> uh, poor, poor Minnesota Vikings fans. Because I, I just think about, 
wasn't it week one that they lost to Arizona? Oh no, wait, Tennessee lost to Arizona. So week two, they lose that game where the kicker misses the pretty makeable field goal, yeah. and it just feels like a cursed season. Yeah. Again, we're gonna. Th- it should just be a, the non-playoff teams. They should just be like a heartbroken bowl, and it's yeah. Cleveland if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. Minnesota, Detroit, and Atlanta. Right. And they just, um, they all somehow lose. Yeah. Figure out your best way to break the hearts of your fans. Yeah, Come on, show me some good ones. I get, yeah, like Detroit, I just think of the Hail Mary against the Packers. Minnesota always misses field goals. Right. Atlanta is usually like interceptions. And if you're if you're not sure, kicks. just watch the Rams and the Colts. Watch their quarterbacks because they can definitely show you, you know, avoid a sack in the end zone and give up a touchdown. <laughs> but but do it in the fourth quarter, right, with the game on the line, not you know, in the first or second quarter like those guys did. Well, especially Matt Ryan against the Dolphins. When he was running, he's like, guys, you haven't intercepted me. I'm just going to fumble it, okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take yeah. it back. Actually, yeah, Miami. Miami is definitely in that the heartbroken bowl. Yeah, yeah. Because they can't find a way to win. Uh, last game of the early, or I guess the late window, Seattle at Green Bay. I said Green Bay would be favored by five and a half because I just assume even if Rodgers comes back Saturday, I think he's playing. Yeah, no, I I don't doubt he's playing. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go a little bit lower here. I'm gonna say Green Bay's favored by two and a half, just based on the situation of the two teams. And you're gonna get it. It's three and a half. Yeah. I I guess we don't know what kind of condition Russ is coming back in. Right. I'm. Assu- it's it was only a finger, so it's not like he's sitting in a wheelchair for the last six weeks. Yeah, he's right. Been You've able seen to him move like around. yeah, like pregame, he's like going nuts out there. So, running his own fake two minute drill. Yeah, I like Seattle in this one. Yeah, I do too. I maybe it's just because I I wonder what the reception is for Rodgers coming back yeah. into the locker room. Like, yeah. is everyone going to be like, all right, cool, our quarterback's back, or right. are they going to say this guy was just thinking about himself and yeah. lied to everyone? Although it was funny to watch back him saying, "Yeah, I'm immunized," because. In that moment, everyone goes, oh, "Okay, yeah, we're good. He's immunized. That's he's just he's just not he's just using a different word." I think he should have been a wide receiver. He's got the <laughs> mentality of a wide receiver. Uh, Sunday night, Kansas City visiting the Death Star and the Las Vegas Raiders. I remember, like, I guess it was last year that Kansas City and Vegas had two really good games. You're right. Is this the first time they played this year? Yep. So we have another game coming in Kansas City. Yep. I said the Chiefs in Vegas would be favored by two and a half. Mm. Yeah, what did you do for me last week? The Kansas City again beat beat the Packers, but it, again never felt impressive. But yeah. they just are finding ways to win. Yeah, I'll say the Chiefs are favored by a one point five, and I will get it because it is two and a half, and I hit it wow. right on the nose. Uh, I guess every game is just a statement game for the chiefs or like a prove it game for the chiefs yeah at this point same with the raiders right it's some real up and down teams where they look good one week and then they're terrible the next so i i love i mean i love talking about playoff picture oh wait you said you were you have a yeah okay because i was gonna say the afc wild card is just you could save it for your for your thing because i just looked at the afc wild card and it's hilarious the three teams that are in there uh Monday night, 
the Los Angeles Rams visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Again, I guess I probably put the spread too high because I had the Rams. I was thinking the Rams are going to come back and look better after a bad loss, a bad primetime loss against the Titans. The 49ers, they even play last week? I feel like. Yes. Oh, they lost to Kyler Murray. Again, too, just bad. Just bad play, I guess, between those two teams. I said the Rams would be favored by five and a half, which I guess is probably too high because I have a lot of faith in the Rams. Uh, no, I can agree. I, can, I, I was thinking the same thing, five and a half. And it's the Rams favored by four, which I'll take the Rams. I'm I'm okay with that, especially we're getting – it's funny that we're getting to, like, the latter part of the season, and it's start now we have to have those, okay, well, which team is going into cold weather or what's yeah. the weather going to be like for this game? It's right. like Monday night now in San it's... Francisco. It's – probably not going to be warm no I mean, it won't be freezing but better better than most stadiums um i guess yeah so wait you have you have a playoff picture or are you gonna save it for no no i can do it now if you want yeah. um yeah just looking at the wild card so obviously you got tennessee baltimore chargers Bu- buffalo all makes sense those Division leaders those right? are teams that it makes sense they're in those spots okay so then you've got uh, the Raiders and Steelers at five and three. Yep. Uh, New England, Kansas City, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Denver all at five and four, and Indy at four and five. So legitimately, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams uh, looking for what is it? Four wild card spots? Three wild card spots? Three, yeah. So yeah, it's I the one I saw it, right now. It's Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, and New England were in yeah. those three spots. Right. I I think the over under for amount of teams that should make that play make those spots is probably one and a half, and I would probably still take the under. Right. Like I think one of those teams makes the playoffs because I just think Kansas City is going to come on. Yep. Cleveland's coming on. Yep. Cincinnati, Cincinnati probably. Yep. Even exactly. Indy. Denver is the yep. only team that yeah, I, looks out of place in that spot. Exactly. They should be yeah more in the. Two and six with the Jets, <laughs> Jacksonville, and Miami. Miami. And then on the other and side? Then, uh, NFC, so you've got your Cardinals, Packers, Tampa Bay, and Dallas as your division leaders. I I, I was going to say, I should have told you this, that Scott Hansen, the guy that hosts Red Zone, 100% yeah. jinxed the Cowboys because oh, he yeah. said if um, he basically opened the show with, you know, if things break right for the Cowboys, they could be the number one seed this week. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> I think probably most of the things broke right, except they didn't win. Right. I don't think, again, I, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about the Cowboys. This kind of feels like it could be like a midseason lull that they have, that yeah, they have well, to play their came, way out of. Yeah, they came out off a of bye, right? Starting quarterbacks been out for a few weeks, multiple weeks, so yeah. I'm not too concerned, It's more to of honest. It's more of what seed are you getting, because yeah. do you really want to see the Rams like I feel like that's the wild card team. Yeah, they're they're the number one wild card team and have the second best record, or tied for the second best record in the NFC. What is with the West in sports? Right. Like it's just it's the Dodgers and the Giants. Now it's the Rams and the Cardinals. Right. So What's the wild card teams here, nothing close. <laughs> wait, to the wait, AFC. I want I want to guess. Sure. Okay, so the Rams are easily because yeah, they have seven s- and two. Um, I. Feel like the Saints are yep. in there. Yeah, five and three. They're next. 
Because Seattle, Seattle doesn't have. They're not 500 yet, so they're not. In, there wouldn't be in one no, of those. There's spots. only one other 500 team. It's not Minnesota. It's in Atlanta. Yep. Wow. Atlanta's <laughs> in the playoff spot. Number three, four and four. And then you got mediocrity at best. Carolina four and five, Minnesota three and five, Seattle three and five, San Fran three and five, Philly three and six, Giants three and six, Chicago three and six, Washington two and six, and our lowly Lions at zero and eight. Like it just doesn't feel like to me. Two of those teams deserve to make the playoffs. No, like the Rams. To me, the Rams, Seattle, and San Fran <laughs> stick out for me. <laughs> The and only not even close. But. The only other I feel like well Seattle again I feel like maybe San Francisco does go on a run. The only problem is they have to run into their own division. Yeah, that's the problem. They're going to have some tough games to win, but but I think they can do it. I think the only other team that I would feel good about making the playoffs is probably Minnesota. Right. Just because yeah, it's they play least, close games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're in games for sure. It's funny in the AFC we're like, okay, so like six of these teams could make three spots or seven of these teams. And the NFC has to go, all right, well, if Russ comes back and plays well, or Minnesota, you know, they 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 have good games. Like, you really have to talk yourselves into NFL or NFC, like, wildcard teams. The NFL may have to take a page out of the CFL. Crossover. Do a crossover. Yeah. Kansas, <laughs> Kansas City, de- Tampa Bay in the wildcard. Yeah. Like, you're going to see teams missing the AFC going, yeah, they could have made it in the NFC. Yeah. It it just to me seems like we're gonna it's gonna come down to that last spot because I just I I really believe Seattle is gonna come on, I, I mean, I think I don't know, <laughs> I, I mean I I like how I said I doubted it before but it's not out of the realm that all nope. four teams from the NFC West make it. Still, I know, yeah, but just under different circumstances than what we thought. We thought they'd all be battling for a division title. We all thought they like. I thought. I think I said they would all be double-digit win teams. Right, and and the AFC North, like, there's no team under 500 in that division. Like again, I would have thought that. To me, the Steelers are the are in my mind are the Carolina Panthers. It's just they're hiding as Pittsburgh Steelers. They they're just yeah, it's the how it's can the name you in the barely crest. beat the Bears? Like it, again, I just took the Bears on my ticket just to throw it out there. I thought ah, it's eight points because I don't think the Steelers are very good, especially and, once you get to Monday night and you're like, okay, wait, I actually made it this far, right? And then I watched the first two drives and it's like fourteen nothing Steelers, thinking, oh, okay, so this is gonna be a blowout. And for whatever reason, the Steelers decide to l- let the Bears stay in a game where they have no right to be there. How do the Bears score 27 points yeah. against anybody, yeah, and just- let alone the Steelers, who are supposedly have a good defense? Again, it drives me nuts. That- it's not Pittsburgh Steelers' Terry Bradshaw. It's not Ter- uh, Ben the- the- Roethlisberger, 2006. Yeah, it's not the Steel 2021. Yeah, the fact that we could see Ben in a playoff game is terrifying because I feel like every every division winner or division leader is just licking their chops saying, yeah, give us the Steelers. Absolutely. Anyone in their division, like Cincinnati's licking their chops. I can't wait to finally beat the Steelers twice in one year. Do you think any team, if let's just say Pittsburgh is the number one wildcard team, do you think a team would tank to try to play the Steelers? Yeah. Why not? Especially because as much as we will say, and it's been all year that Kansas City's had these struggles, 
if you erase all the numbers and have them in a one game, you don't want to see Kansas City, especially no. when they have no pressure. Exactly. You don't want to see Cleveland. Nope. Cincinnati might be the only other team that you'd be okay with playing in a playoff game just because those guys don't have experience. It, it, and that's what you would base it on. Geez, they're a good team, but you know what? Let's hope they're, the inexperience factor comes into play. With the Steelers, it's like they got inexperience other than at quarterback, but I don't think they're good. Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll go, unless you have anything else for the NFL. Nope. Uh, we'll go to the MLB where the Gold Glove uh, winners came out in the AL. They've changed the name of that, have they not? Gold Glove? Oh, no. yeah, is it still called Gold Glove? Yeah. Is it the Hank Aaron thing seems like a new thing. Uh, yeah, I feel like it has, It is was recently. a new award or they just changed I what think it it's used a to be new called. award. This be like Silver Slug. Silver no, that's still bad. a thing. That's all. Okay. I haven't. I haven't, weirdly haven't seen that yet, though. Okay, so, so there you go. Baseball's still in the highlights. Uh, Gold Glove also uh, has a couple guys that are on the trade block. Actually, it's funny. I don't know how many of these guys are going to be on the same team next year. So, catcher Sean Murphy with the A's. The A's have said they're basically going to sell. How can you be an Oakland A's fan? If you're cheering for the Oakland A's, you have to be cheering for the Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes, right? Don't you? Those are the teams you cheer for. Yes, we're the bottom feeders. We'll try and be good a year or two, and then we'll just blow it all up because we just can't afford to be good. <laughs> uh, first base, Yuli Gurriel, who was the AL batting champion. And just like the Yankees must look at Oakland and go, how, okay, how's our minor league Oakland A's team doing? Who are we going to pick off from here? Not just the Yankees, the Red Sox. I wonder if Tampa Bay would even start to get into that mix. I don't think so because they have a different philosophy. Uh, second base, Marcus Simeon, which I think that's impressive. Again, a former Oakland A, but yep. moves over from short to second and still gets a gold cool glove out of it. Right, and going to be a multimillionaire somewhere. Third baseman, Matt Chapman, who, again, will probably get traded now. Yep. Uh, shortstop Carlos Correa, free agent. The Astros really lowballed him. I think they offered him a four-year, one hundred and sixty million dollar right. that, deal. That's sad. That's called a lowball. Well, yeah, it's like tw twenty-one I, million I, a you're year. Right. I know he's I know. gonna make like thirty million a yeah. year. You got to start somewhere, I guess. Uh, left field, Andrew Benatendi, who I felt like I hadn't seen all year because he's on the Kansas City Royals. Right. Uh, and another minor league affiliate. Yep. Uh, center fielder, another Kansas City Royal, Michael A. Taylor, and didn't watch much of the Royals. I guess they have a great defensive team. I guess so. I thought they might have won the division title this year with that weak central because they were good early and then yeah, they, were. they, they were fell off quick. 25 games under 500 after I said that. And right field, even though he didn't play right field to end the year, Joey Gallo. Wow. Don't really think of him as a defensive guy. Nope. I guess he looked good in Texas. And pitcher. And I don't even think we saw him in the playoffs, but Dallas Keuchel. No, didn't make the roster. And he won a gold glove. Yeah. Uh, in the NL, I love these awards because they're just like, so in the NL catcher, Jacob Stallings. Do you know who Jacob Stallings plays Never. for? Don't, I'm going to guess Pittsburgh Pirates. He is the Pittsburgh Pirates oh, catcher. You, <laughs> you had a good chance. It was like Pittsburgh, yeah. Arizona, Miami. That's right. Yeah. Teams we Three don't teams really I know. just don't watch. And then we have a string of St. Louis Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt, Tommy right. Edmond, Nolan Arenado, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader. And then, so they almost took over the whole infield. Wow. 
uh, shortstop is Brandon Crawford because he's probably the best defensive shortstop in baseball. Right. At 35. Yeah. And then in right field, Adam Duvall. Wow. I think he played center field during the playoffs. But right, yeah. I, I guess if Acuna was there. And then pitcher Max Freed. So those are the gold glove. Um, award nominees. I guess probably shouldn't start. Uh, we'll start with manager of the year in the AL. Uh, well, I wrote that really small. Uh, Kevin Cash. And I can't recognize any of the other ones. In the NL, I remember it because it's funny. Um, in the NL, it's Craig Council for Milwaukee. Uh, Gabe Kapler and the San Francisco Giants. And Mike Schilt and the St. Louis Cardinals. Really? Like, Snitaker doesn't get a sniff? Wow. I, I, I think because it's a regular season award. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Still not – still pretty dumb, but – I guess they did finish like eight, 88 wins. Yep. Um, trying to which which reminds me, um, it's gonna make you laugh, but the NFL has not completely abandoned the 500 season because remember in the playoffs they add wins and losses. So oh, a 98 team losing in the first round will finish 500. Finish nine and nine. <laughs> yep, that is really good. Um. AL Manager of the Year. Uh, Dusty Baker, Houston, Kevin Cash, and the Rays, and Scott Survey. Do you know who Scott Survey manages? Uh, I'll say the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> Seattle. Yeah. Again, you don't really know managers that well. Yeah. I feel like in the NL, I know they lost in the division series, but the San Francisco Giants won 107 games. Yeah. How do you not pick Gabe Kapler? Right. Although ultimate comedy would be picking Mike Schilt because he's not their manager anymore. Yeah. Congratulations on this award and, and you're fired. Right. The good old Dwayne Casey. Um and then the in the AL, like as much as I don't like the Astros, I feel like Dusty Baker did a good job. I I agree. Yeah. I don't like the Astros, but I like Dusty Baker. So that's And all. he wasn't part of the cheating. That's so that's true. Hard conundrum he, there. Yeah. I like I would pick Dusty, but I was also thinking if Seattle had made the playoffs or at least got into like that play-in scenario, yeah. then I probably would. They were picked. close. I actually that was a, a team I watched a few games they down were, the stretch because they, really they kept winning, right? Yeah. Um, rookie of the year in the NL, we've got Daniel Carlson, Jonathan India, and Trevor Rogers. I only knew one of those names. I don't know any of them. Uh, Carlson plays for St. Louis, Jonathan India with the Reds, and Trevor Rogers is Miami Marlin. That's why. <laughs> Teams we don't pay attention to. Yeah. I don't again, I just don't really have a pick for this one. No. Like as much as I want to. Yeah. I'll say Carlson Nobody. just because he was on the best team. Okay. Which is not a great reasoning. Um in the AL, it's hilarious that Luis Garcia, the pitcher for the Astros, is along with two Tampa Bay Rays. Wow. Wander Franco and Randy right. Rosarena. Because yeah, he was still I, a free or I, still a rookie. rookie. I know that was strange to me. I'm gonna say Franco. Yeah, I agree. As much as like he, yeah, lots I, of hype. Too. Yeah, he right. played like 70 games, which probably means the Rosarena is a better chance he wins it. Right. But to me, Franco just made such a big difference. Yeah, it made a bigger impact. Like Rosarena is probably their superstar, but yeah. I f- think Franco is eventually going to be he their just best player. F- Seem like a rookie to me. No. Um, Cy Young Award. Uh, AL, we've got Garrett Cole, Lance Lynn, and Robbie Ray. It's hilarious Cole got nominated, and, know, we, and but, we were disappointed with his season. But again, yeah, if you look at his numbers, he still had a great year, but 
not by art, not when you're supposed to be the ace and right. Like he did, like the first half before the MLB decided to crack down on the scuffing and no. rubbing of the balls and stuff like that. Then yeah, it was a little different. He was dominant. After that, he was again. I I almost think it might have been a little bit more mental with him than yeah. anything else, right? I, like I could see that. Um, and actually, do you have a pick between those three? I would say probably Lance Lynn. I give it to. I'm. He had a pretty good year considering. Although, although he had a bad last start, I would still give it to Robbie Ray. Yeah. And then he will go sign a one hundred yeah. million dollar deal with yeah. like the Cardinals, right? Because the Jays will not pay that. Nope. Uh, in the NL. Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, and Zach Wheeler. Hmm. I guess I'd have to go with Max. I, I don't really know of anyone dominating in the National League. that There was no, right. like, Jacob deGrom like, season. It, like, it's so surprising there's no one from the Giants on there. Yeah, because Kevin Gosman right? and Webb, like, they were – It. I guess they were just both really good. Yeah. They weren't great. But, yeah. But their obviously their whole pitching staff was great. I, it's impossible to pick. I I, yeah. I think Max. I just going by the name, right? Yeah, like, really. Corbin Burns, I feel like deserves some recognition, so I'll give it to Corbin Burns. Okay. Uh, finally, MVP. We've got Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Shohei Otani, and Marcus Simeon in the AL. And as much as I love the season Otani had, yeah. I guess because the Jays almost make the playoffs, it's Vlad. Like, I feel bad that Simeon's in this spot because he's going to yeah. be a runner-up again. Right. It's kind of the debate. It turns into, okay, do you give it to the guy that was literal Babe Ruth or the guy who put up the best numbers and almost got his team to the playoffs? Yeah, exactly. It's it's kind of – it's a debate where when they announce it, it's not going to be one of those outrages. You're going to no. understand it either way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a uh, that to me, uh, it's a tough call. I would just give it to Atani because of what he did overall, based on the fact he's pitching and hitting. Yeah, it's funny that they both so Vlad wins the Hank Aaron, the offensive. That's why why I'm thinking they had to give him something, but because they even, I think they give Otani the other one. But they even like made up an award for Otani. Right. It, they should just call it the Babe Ruth Award. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, exactly. And in the NL, again, this conversation, I like that this year isn't just, okay, who's the best guy on the best team? Because that's usually who they pick. It's yeah. Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr., which mm. as much as I love Tatis, and I think he's going to be a great player, I don't think this is the year where he's an MVP. No. Like, if you consider an MVP uh, to a team that was supposed to make the playoffs and fell apart, then, yes, I give it to Tatis. <laughs> So now it's Bryce Harper, whose team also fell apart, yeah. and Juan Soto, whose team never got it together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, who is the MVP here? Like, yeah. I would say it's, it's Soto just because I'm going to do the reverse of just he was the best player on a terrible team. Okay. Like, it's there's not really a wrong answer there either. Right. I had the all MLB team, but I think I'll save that for the next episode. Keep yeah. keep baseball in the loop, unless they announce right. it in between, and then I'll go. Oh, okay, Wait. we tried. <laughs> they got nominees. Uh, we'll head over to the NHL, where the Western Conference just overall has had a great start. Yeah, the Connor McDavid goal against the Rangers was just goal of the year. Like it doesn't feel like it. There's actually there was competition. Did you see the 
So I think it was Kevin Fiala last night. No. He like batted. It was like a weird batted the puck out of midair. Okay. It's it's two very different goals, but yeah. McDavid like walks out of the zone and then just walks through the entire Rangers team. Exactly. Uh, Kachuk also scored a goal against the Rangers. Matthew Kachuk scored yeah, a goal against was, the Rangers. He's good at that, eh? They between the legs, turn around. Like, if you're a goalie, do you ask somebody to practice that on you? Like, like probably everyone except like maybe one or two skilled players. I can't even do it. Sorry, I can't help you practice that. I can't even try and shoot on you that way. And right? Kachuk like, scored like an overtime winner doing that. Yeah, it's sick. I, I'm glad. I we didn't talk about it with the context of the score because it was five nothing for Calgary and right. it made it six nothing. You still have to appreciate it. It's an amazing goal. For sure. And I I'm gonna throw this out here. Calgary kinda gets lucky with the teams they play from the east. And I realized that after the Flyers went out there and that was their last game of the West road trip. And for whatever reason, most teams that's what happens. Calgary gets these teams after they played everybody else out there. And then, so they have, it's almost like easy pickings for them. I, I'm going to have to look at the rest of the season, but it almost seems like, so now I'm almost thinking the Calgary Flames are the Carolina Panthers of the NHL. I'm, I'm a little concerned the only, based on my what I've seen. only pushback is that they went, they dominated the, their East Coast trip. Okay, the uh, first one, we'll, let's see how they do going forward, but Okay. Uh, Troy Terry, as, as much as we don't really talk about the Anaheim Ducks, son on an eleven game point streak, and the Ducks, I guess, early on, like I, I know we're gonna have the separation eventually. The Ducks and the Kings and the Sharks are gonna turn back into pumpkins. Yeah, but it's it's good to appreciate those teams now while we still can tolerate watching them. Right, and Buffalo, Buffalo, poor Buffalo. Uh, the LA Kings on, I think they're well, they're in the middle of their East Coast eastern canada trip yeah took down the leafs took down the canadians right they're on a six game winning streak wow and i wonder if they're going to calgary because that would be there, there you go and no drew doughty so that's pretty impressive i didn't even think of that that they've been doing it without i know he's not their captain but, but like one the of the leader, leader for sure uh i wrote down detroit red wing red wings update because they beat Buffalo. Moritz Sider scored his first ever NHL goal. Yeah, nice overtime winner. And good old Tyler Bertuzzi got a point on every single goal. Yeah, he's good in the States. Detroit is going to Montreal on Saturday. No Tyler Bertuzzi, so mm -hmm. that's that's always fun. And then the game against the Oilers, I started watching in the second period just because I was on the bus. And the Red Wings go up 3 nothing, And it just – I guess it's just my Atlanta Falcon brain that goes – it's too easy. Uh, right. This this can't it can't happen like this. And lo and behold, they score two. McDavid with just again, even like his not great goals. Like yeah. it was just it was like a five hole shot, but right. it just it always looks amazing when he does it. Yeah. And the Red Wings are up three two, and they're just holding on for dear life. And uh, Nadelkovic does the old like poke check pad stack at the same time. Yeah, he's Hyman. Got, he's the old school seventies style. I like I really like him. He's very chaotic in the net yeah like it's not it's like dominic hashik ish yeah exactly yeah and then i think it was puyi just kind of swatted at the puck when the net was already empty and missed the net by like a couple inches right and i felt my heart stop 
Red Wings held on. Sider got the empty net goal. And I just realized this is going to be the whole season. It's going to be games like this. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they're at least going to be in entertaining games. Yeah, but they won't. I don't think they're going to be with the Ottawa's, Pittsburgh's, New Jersey's of the East either. Like, are they going to finish fifth in yeah, the division? Yeah, they're going to probably in their division. They'll just miss the playoffs, I think. That's the way it's going to look. Because we still, I mean, I don't have anything on the lease, but like, it, it feels like Florida is just, they're Florida. They'll, yeah. they'll be fine. Yeah. Boston and Tampa Bay, I don't know if we start to worry. No, too early. And then Toronto, who, as roller coaster as this has been already, yeah. they beat the Flyers last night. Yeah. Good old, good old William Nylander. Yeah. couple goals and... Flyers with non-existent power play cost them. And they're still... So, once the Flyers' next game, because that must mean Kevin Hayes and Ryan Ellis are coming back. Yeah, Ellis for sure. Hayes is still questionable. Um, they play... I think it's Carolina. Carolina, Florida, their next two games? I'll have to look. They play... They're off, I think, till I think they play Friday, Saturday now. Wow, if those are, if that's a back to back, Carolina, Florida, uh, sorry, it, Carolina, Dallas, is it in like is it at home or uh, no, both away, and then they come home to play Calgary. <laughs> well, that's weird. Like Calgary went on the Eastern road trip, and then like they played. I don't think they played the Islanders. I know they played the Devils and yeah. the Rangers, but now they're coming back. See, like I guess it's a little different. If you're a West Coast fan, you probably would understand this more because you probably have multiple times you're going east. Where when you're an East team, you're you only go going once. West. Yeah, you go play the Canadian version, and then you go play the American version. I guess west, it's twice. And then that's it. Maybe twice, right? because then you have to do like the maybe even three, because yeah, you still have that's to do what I mean. the, the like Arizona, Colorado, Vegas, like yeah. that kind of area. Right. Like the Midwest. Midwest. I guess? Yeah, they call it. How come there's no Mid East? It's only Midwest. Midwest yeah. teams, but what about the Mid East? They get left out. The Mid East like, teams. I don't know who they are. I would say like Detroit's probably a Mid East team. Well, yeah, I was gonna say like even like Chicago and right a would Midwest be, team. But yeah, but they'd be Mid East. Like the Blues are considered Midwest. Could they not be a Mid East team? I guess if you're out west, you call them a Mid East team. I don't know. Probably because you've just never heard east. that term, right? Would Mid? I was thinking Mid East would be like the Washingtons and Pittsburghs. Well, no, they're east. They're right on the coast. They're right on the ocean. Really, it's Washington. Or yeah. I knew Washington, Pittsburgh. I thought yeah, Pittsburgh was more like. Well, they uh, they are, but they're definitely east. I wouldn't call the mid east like Ohio, like Cleveland's and Cincinnati's would be more mid east. <laughs> this is, well, this is a great geography. great geography conversation. Yeah. You're welcome, folks. Uh, Jack Eichel made his trip to Vegas. Um, is that where he's getting his surgery? Yeah, yeah, guys, getting it tomorrow. In Vegas. Yeah. Or actually, I don't know if he's getting Russian it in Vegas, roulette. but he's just in Vegas. Um, I did want to talk about the Montreal-Vegas game in Montreal, where Montreal is out cheating Vegas like 20, 20 to, to 1 yeah. after 1. And then Vegas scored 5 unanswered goals. Yeah. This Again, just, it's Montreal. the Montreal season. Yeah. Um, it, it's it was good to see Eichel. He rang the or he did the like uh, horn yeah, thing yeah. or whatever in Vegas, yeah. and I just kept thinking, "Whoa, be careful! Be careful, you're gonna hurt your neck." Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nathan McKinnon out for the next three weeks with a lower body injury. Like again, I know it's early in the season, but at what point do Vegas and Colorado hit the panic button? They don't because of the division they're in. They they can look at those three teams below them, or is it four teams now? Is, is Seattle's in their division? Yeah. Yeah. 
that's all they're yeah we can finish 500 here folks they they've got the milwaukee bucks um mindset in vegas and in colorado like we're gonna be just fine here you top teams can battle it all out and we'll 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 be just fine to make the playoffs yeah, so Colorado's sixth in the division right now. Yeah. A point behind Dallas, six behind Nashville and Winnipeg. So it's not like I guess it's not no. out of range, but no. I just feel like actually I was gonna say Vegas is more concerning, but Vegas is a point behind the Kings and the Sharks. But the Kings you just said won six in a row. Yeah. Right? So again, it's just so un the ducks are playing way above their heads. The or ducks their beaks and or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the ducks and flames are tied. Yeah. And then Edmonton's a point above both of them. Yeah. Again, the flames are not too sure about. I'm not gonna call them a fraud yet, but You're skeptical. I am. That's fair. Uh, Carey Price came out with uh, the statement talking about how the reason he went into the NHL NHLPA yeah. assistance program, it was it was good to see him open up and say, you know, I've been neglecting my mental health and right. it's I've been working working on the years of like neglecting his mental health. Right, and he also talked about Sub- alcohol substance, not he abuse sub- though. He didn't call it abuse substance use yeah is what he called it so that that's a little Leaves different eh? like it yeah i'm not an alcoholic or a druggie but i'm but maybe using it as a crutch or something is is kind of the way when he said it that way yeah um is the way i kind of took that so it's not a problem but it's something it's where kind if, he, if he didn't do anything about it it was right, going to be right, a problem right right so it almost yeah i i kind of like the wor- way he worded it because it kind of like if you're interviewing him it kind of opens up more conversation yeah right cuz then cuz if you say abuse then no one's asking you any questions about that yeah you know what i mean so i kind of like the way i'm hoping that's why he worded that worded it that way so people can ask him about it cuz i would why why did you word it that way yeah. Right. I, I don't know. I'm just maybe, maybe the, he got you know that they didn't um, quote him properly. But yeah. I, to me, it's I've never heard it said that way any ever. No, it's usually just abuse. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Barkov became the all-time leader in Florida Panth scoring or wow. goal scoring. Um, a hundred and eighty-nine goals. I think he passed Ole Jokinen. That's my guess. I wow. didn't actually look it up. <laughs> That'd be a good guess, though. Um, it's it's weird because we're at the point where Barkov's been in the league for, I think, like seven or eight years now. Yeah. But it doesn't feel that long. No. Like, no. he feels like he's still, like, 22. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Just because he, where he plays. Yeah. Right? No like, one talks about him. This will be the year they, you know, the Floridas and the Carolinas, they're going to be... They're gonna. I don't know if they get more national games. I'm sure they will because of this. The, the, just the teams they are. And finally, for the NHL, the Chicago Blackhawks fired. Is uh, it Jeremy? Jeremy Carlton? Okay, here's my question: Who fired him? Uh, they do have an interim GM. Oh, okay. Who? And <laughs> now they have an interim coach. Yeah. Now who was t- talking about culture change and it seemed like he was given the keys to the Blackhawks organization. Now Derek King takes over and the Blackhawks have won two straight games. That's always happens, right? You get it doesn't you could go coach there, you're gonna go two and oh, yeah. and you could retire. It just <laughs> seems to always happen. You get fresh blood in there and you'll play better. Uh anything else for the NHL? No. 
All right, we'll go to the NBA, where our Raptors update is a three-game losing streak now. Yep. Which, again, to me, it's not a roller coaster. It's not like a Yankee season. No. Where you're expecting them to be good. This, If you told me the Raptors are going to be 6-6 six and six after 12 games, I'd say, yep, that sounds about right. And it's just it's the streaky nature that they've done it. Yeah, like it's just streaky because they're young and exciting and just they're going to win games when they should lose them and they're going to lose games that they should win. That, yeah. That's the kind of team they are. Yeah. And they're just, I'll tell you, like they're I'll, I'll watch their games because they're fun. Yeah, the, the Cleveland one especially was hard just because at the end of the game, they're at an awkward point where who do you give the ball to? Because especially with Siakam coming back now, who is the guy at the end of the game? Because the game against Cleveland, it's OG, and he he went to a good spot and took a good shot, and then it was just going up for the rebound that it was just two guys going up for it, and they kind of were both hesitant at the same time. And I think you make a b- good point there with Siakam back. Now it's, an, again, another adjustment the Raptors are going to have to make. Like, everyone's going to have to, okay, I was the number three guy. Now I'm going to have to slip in to be the number four guy. It's going to take some time with him there. Overall, I think it's going to help them. Um, Like, I almost, the over-under, like, I, I was thinking they're going to go 42 and 42 because can we still go 500 in the NBA? Yeah. Yes, we can. Um, I, I'm leaning towards them being above 500 this year. Once they get Siakam reacclimated, yeah, yeah, just the way I'm seeing how this season's playing out. If you, again, you told me they were going to be six and six, I would have thought okay, but based on what I've seen after twelve games, I think this team's better than what I thought they were going to be. I I really like that they've just gone to okay. Our starting lineup is going to be the way we end games or the way we should be ending games. It's Van Vliet, Trent, Ananobi, Barnes, and Siakam. Right. The only problem I'm having with Nick Nurse is I don't think he's going deep enough into his bench. Maybe it's too early in the season to say that, mm-hmm. but he seems to be like that kind of coach, though, right? He doesn't go too deep. Like once he doesn't like someone, they just never see the floor. And like last year, like Matt Thomas, Terrence Davis, they yeah, shipped him they, off because they weren't going to. They play. weren't going to play at all, right? And that's how I feel with Drag Drag Dragic Dragic. How come I can never get his name know. right? It's but he's like buried, right? Like he's not playing, making what fifteen million dollars. That's yeah. a pretty sweet job. Just hold a clipboard, and <laughs> but that's kind of the way um, that Nurse kind of runs things. He kind of has his guys, like even um, sorry, who's the backup point guard for uh, the Raptors? Flynn. Yeah, not playing at all. Like mop up time, and that's it. He kind of has his guys. Like who's who's the other? number eight guy for the Raptors last year. He's kind of oriental looking. If uh, that's the right way to say it, I'm sorry. Probably not. Okay. Uh, Yuta Watanabe. Thank you. I know I, it's a d- he's, difficult. He's uh, hurt right now. Oh, okay. All right. All right. He might be coming back soon. Okay. Fair enough. It just that was another guy. I'm going, he's kind of good. He's kind of like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. you can tell Nurse has got his guys. He, he's got the guys he likes, mm. and he plays them, and that's it. Especially now where it seems like more and more – they're just they're acclimating Banton into the he, rotation. He's definitely Norm Powell. That like when he comes in there again last night, what does he do? He comes in there, a guy's trying to take a three point shot. You never see that in the NBA anymore. Just swats it like nothing. Like he just anticipated it, and it just 
that little move just seems to help the Raptors. Like he's just such he's the energy bunny guy of the Raptors. Yeah. Love him. It it feels like even a rotation that might get smaller if they figure out who if they have a center they want to play. Yeah. And again, like it's like last year, right? They just need a big man. Like go out and get a big man. Yeah. They don't have one. I think that's what's gonna hurt them really in the long run because you're I, at this point, I think you can win in the NBA by scoring in the paint. Everyone's getting threes, but why not go for the eight-foot two-point that's more guaranteed than your three-pointers that you're – most teams are, what, happy if you're hitting 37% threes? Like individually? Yeah, anyone. Yeah. If you're hitting 37%, like that's you're a, a starter. Yeah, yeah. Where, like, if you're, like, an 80% guy, you know, hitting a, from eight feet away – I don't know. I, I just think that's the only thing they're missing. And we'll it's not what they can do at the deadline. It's not an internal answer. It's not no, Chris Boucher. No, there's, it's not there's nobody there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, unless you're going to put uh, Boucher on a uh, 18,000 calorie diet so he can put on 80 pounds, right? Like he's, he's got length, but he just there's no heaviness, right? There's no there's no one close to a half of a Shaquille O'Neal on the Raptors. They're all young because i always just the, the example i always think of is if you have to go into a series against philadelphia nobody is covering joel Embiid. no exactly right like yeah if you're the, exactly if you're if you're the sixers just throw it in the paint let him either get his two points or a foul and maybe a three-point play yeah getting it that way yeah like you're just it's like there's yeah there's no defense there's no answer is it is it weird that I feel like the Raptors would have a better chance? Like I'm not saying to beat Milwaukee, but I feel like they would have a better chance defending Giannis than they would defending Embiid. Yeah, but again, not yeah, not at this point. To me, I'm still that's that's the Achilles heel of the Raptors. They're a great defensive team for sure overall. Are. But yep, yep. if there is if there is someone on the court that is very obviously the best player on the court, right? They can't really compete with that, yeah. Because they don't have a guy like as much. You go, okay, OG had a good night, Van Fleet had a good night, yeah. Siakam, Barnes, whoever, yeah. They can all have good nights, right? But none of them are like a consistent number one guy, exactly. Which is, I think, it's a fun team. Two, three, four years down the line, yeah. because you're gonna go. You know what? Maybe they're just all the number one guy. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. This guy takes the bull by the horns tonight, and yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of Joel Embiid, um, one of my favorite scenarios, pretty much in all of sports, is almost terrible accidents, and Embiid didn't get a foul call against the Bulls, and he's yelling, or maybe not yelling at the rest, but he's mad, so he turns around and just punches the air. And Lonzo Ball had to pull a full matrix and like duck out of the way, or else he probably would have broken his jaw. Right. Like, and, and Embiid's just such a big dude. Yeah. He swings, and it was just like even I got scared. Like I felt myself moving as he's swinging because yeah, if you connect on that, that's it's easily a, a broken run. jaw. Yeah. Uh, Luka Doncic hits this crazy game winner against the Celtics because that's just what he does. Like that's just gonna be him. Right. And. It's more of like I just want to see when does Dallas like make a leap and get to the second round. I feel like is now all I'm waiting for because Luca can do it. Yeah, he just needs good teammates, which still kind of kind of waiting for that. And the Celtics just they beat the Raptors, and it still feels like they're the team in panic and in full turmoil. And 
now they're a part of this Ben Simmons conversation and they would have to include Jalen Brown, which not that we have to get into it, but just no, just if you're Boston, don't do it. It's not, it's not a trade worth it. Yeah. Like he's going to go to a team that's obviously going to hit the panic button. And I don't think the Celtics are quite there. They were getting close, but I think they've kind of figured things out. I wonder, because I've always said Sacramento. I, I don't think they do it now. Now, to me, the only team and the most fun team would be Minnesota. But I don't know what right. Philly would accept to make that deal happen. Right. Uh, Golden State, I, I love talking about the Warriors. I love watching them. They're 10-1 and one to start the season. Steph Curry had a 50-point game against the Atlanta Hawks. Oldest player. To score 50? Yeah. Oh, actually. That guy told me that at work. It was a big Raptor sign out. And I went, really? And then I went, how old is Steph Curry? He seems like he's still like a young kid, but I hey. guess he's 35, right? Uh, I think he's probably 30. I would say 33. Okay. But again, still not like old, old. Um, also great news for Golden State is Clay Thompson. Before it was going to be Christmas, we all thought it would be January. Now his current target to come back is December 20th, which... To me, that just says he'll come back Christmas Day. If that, if that's his goal, he's no one's ever going to reach those goals. Although he has looked good from like practice clips they've they've posted, it seems like he's moving pretty well. And to me, that's just dangerous that this Golden State team that has lost one game to start the season is now going to get Clay Thompson back. And it it's great because I loved those Golden State teams before Durant got there, and it just feels like they're super deep and. It feels like a finals run waiting to happen. Right. Uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, more just Scottie Pippen, is uh, he's a terrible teammate. And he's only a bad teammate now because he was talking about uh, the flu game and said, well, you know, how many how many bad back games have you seen versus how many flu games you've seen? Right. Basically trying to degrade the flu game and he talked about how Jordan only put out the last dance. So young fans wouldn't call LeBron the goat. Uh -huh. I believe Jordan's that petty. Yeah. But I also like Scottie Pippen is a narc. Right. He's a, that's a, like just such a bad move. I'm sure that, I mean, it seems like they have a terrible relationship now, but like, why, what, like does, does Scottie Pippen think this is going to make him look better? I think so. I think he's tired of being overshadowed. Right. Cause really if, Michael Jordan's not around in the NBA at that time. Is Scottie Pippen maybe the best NBA player at that time? Probably. He's right? probably the second or third. He's the Mark Messier of the NBA, in my mind. Yeah, and he never got a chance to do it with his own team. No, ever, yeah. I'm surprised, like, you know, when he had those contract squabbles that he actually didn't leave and go. It was a different time then, though. Yeah, right? You but, stayed with the franchise. And that was it, yeah. Uh, the last thing I have for the NBA is this Nikola Jokic, Markeith Morris. Those who didn't see it, Jokic, it's the end of it's close to garbage time, so I'm kind of surprised they were both still in the game. Jokic is at half court. He picks up his dribble, and Morris throws the little little body checked him. Body checked him, for sure. And Jokic, I had never seen him freak out like this, but yeah. Morris starts to walk away, and Jokic shoves him from behind. He got suspended for a game for it, which is completely fair. Um, it's I, funny you say completely fair because if that's an NHL move, he's going in the box for two minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's just a penalty. Yeah. My favorite part was Tyler Hero was right there and he started talking to Jokic, like getting mad at him. But I just thought 
what if Jokic took a step towards him? What is what is little Tyler Hero going to do to right. Jokic? And then, did you see the picture after the game? No. I did just see the highlights. Like, i seen Butler got in trouble too, right? So he, he was yipping. He was, he was yelling at Jokic to uh, meet him in the back or mm-hmm. go, go out back. Right. There's also this picture of... The Miami Heat. So in the picture, there's Kyle. You can see Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and they're all trying to get into the Nuggets locker room. Right. And it's also the Jokic brothers, who are also like seven foot monsters. Yeah. Now, the Jokic brothers and Markeith's twin brother Marcus are going at it. I just feel like this is. It's not going to turn into a fight. Cause the NBA. Yeah. But it's like the closest thing I felt to like. Maybe not Malice in the Palace, because that was another level. But I feel like we haven't seen like a good NBA fight in a while. Right. And, and I think you kind of nailed it. it. It was all based on circumstance, right? If this was a, a close game, then... Nobody's doing No that. one's doing... Yeah, Morris is not body checking him. And, yeah, Jokic isn't freaking out. But yeah. because of that, because yeah, he's probably going, like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? It's, a, it's garbage time here. You We're both supposed to not be in this game. What are you doing? Yeah. Right? So, yeah, it's that's the fake NBA tough guy where nobody yeah. wants to fight, but everybody. Yeah. Where are the like... refs? Get the refs here! <laughs> Hurry up! Get in! Get in between us, please! I think that's what Hero did. I think he he stepped back because he knew he wouldn't be much help in that situation. Good thing there's no goons in the NBA because even when they do try and fight, just picture this: you you see guys fighting on the NBA court. It doesn't look like a fight. No, right? They're like. They're like, I, I, I don't know what to call it anymore, but you watch two hockey players fight. It looks more like a a regular fight than an NBA game. Yeah. Yeah, like the like, NBA players, like they protect themselves, which is fair, but, but also it doesn't look like... They're slapping, and right? Like, it's funny to it's, me, it's, right? It's all talk. Absolutely. It's all that, wanting to look tough. Exactly. Uh, that is all I've got. Let's get to your bad good and great okay um starting off with the bad we're gonna go with i think the worst signing or or holding on to a contract kimbrell re- stays with the white Sox. do and you know what his era was this year no idea 5.09 that is so that awful yeah especially for a reliever exactly if you're a starting pitcher ah, maybe you could say okay we'll keep him but a couple bad games yeah Again, he was not good. I don't know how he's become like I don't know. It just I just never liked this guy, but I just don't understand why he's still considered one of the best closers. So, anyway, that's my one bad. The other one which I'm surprised you didn't talk about was uh Murray with the Ducks. Um, yeah, just cuz remember what I told you, stories are going to come out. Happen. So, here we go. Here's the first duck to fall. Or the first GM to fall. It's it's right. We thought the Pittsburgh thing, but that got settled. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to get the details now because you know they've settled. But yeah, so we've got two two in so far, and unfortunately Murray has a long history with the Blackhawks as he played there from 1975 to 1990 as a solid defenseman. So it all comes back to Chicago again, yeah. unfortunately. Like Bob Murray had been in, with the or- with the Ducks since like 2006. Mm-hmm. So like it's one of those. Once I heard it, I was like, it kind of makes sense. Like as much as it does suck, 
like you you have been in control for so long right but again and and i'm just gonna kind of throw this to the owners like you would think they would be more in on the day-to-day operations like we know george steinbrenner knew everything that was going on with his team yeah right like there was no doubt like if Billy Martin was having a fight with his wife, George Steinbrenner probably knew about it. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, I, I don't feel that's happening anymore because, um, again, re- I read a lot of the hockey news. Um, I believe they're called the Samelis, Samuel, Samuelis, the owners of the Ducks, um, are, are like well-respected in the NHL, like, how do they not know that this is going on? I think that's a lot of you're right about. And I also, like, if you ask me to name NHL owners, I could probably now only name the Wurtzes because I okay. found out that found out about them. Right. I know. I can't even think about Winnipeg is owned by, like, one of the richest families in Canada. Yeah. Like, I can't think of any owners. But then in the NBA, I could think of probably the majority of owners because they're more part of their organization and, and they sit right in the front row right it's not like the owner of uh you know the philadelphia flyers is sitting right behind the bench yeah right where the nba up. yeah They're probably not even at the rink most of the time the right. owner I, I feel yeah like- well yeah yeah exactly some of them are but anyway yeah i just i just thought you know what what's taken so long for this to happen and and yeah Get a hold of your organizations, and I, I bet you now the owners are are all over everything We're right gonna, now. They're, everyone's going to investigate everything yes. so they can get ahead of it. Like exactly, as much as it looks bad on Anaheim, at least they did get ahead of it and say, you know what, we're putting him on leave, and right. we're going to do this investigation. And then, what a day later, he resigns because yeah, he just he, he knows knew. what's coming. Exactly. All right, so those those were my two bad. Uh, good, I got to go with uh, Calzada the Texas A&M quarterback. I don't know if he had a chance to see him. So he already had a brace on his left knee. And then during the game, basically separates his shoulder and has to wear like one of those Mayfield things and stays in the game. <laughs> oh, um, God. And, yeah. And just really had a, um, had a really good game. I just, the toughness there was just impressive. But again, and, and another, I guess you can call this good or bad, depending on how you look at it. I think it's good. Um, more upsets in the NCAA football, so you are down to I think it's only four or five now unbeaten teams. So again, I I like it because now it really puts the pressure on the NCAA to go. Yeah, we're gonna need more than four teams because you it's gonna be three, four, five teams now that are gonna say we should have been in that Final Four and we're not gonna be there. Yeah, especially that Michigan State lost to Purdue. Like yeah. that's. Now it feels like is there even gonna be a Big Ten that does Big Ten team that deserves to make it? Like, is it just Ohio State by default? It, it, exactly, and that's a good segue into one of my greats, which is uh, Purdue. That was their sixteenth win against a top five team. I I knew it was like, I, that's impressive. I had heard that it was. I didn't know the exact number, but it I did hear about it that they just keep beating top five teams. Yeah, I just impressive. Um, I sorry, I, I'm gonna digress. I got one more bad for you. Here, here is which was a good game until you're gonna see this. The stats for penalties between TCU and Baylor, like this was a good game, except unfortunately after every play, 
there was a flag. Now, those were only the penalties that were accepted by both teams. Jesus. So I'm telling you, almost after every play, like even the commentators were getting sick. Okay, what's the flag for this time? Or actually, I think a couple times they said, oh, no flag on the play that time. It, it just disrupts the game, right? So what were the stats there? Uh, I guess I'll just say it combined. So yeah. 18 combined penalties right. for 171 yards. Right. And, and more than half of it was TCUs. Right. And the, again, those were only the ones that were accepted. And even so. I even think about how like the pass interference is only 15 yards. So it's it, not like the NFL where it could be a 75-yard pass interference. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right, and uh, let me go to my grade here to start off, which let me just flip back here. I don't know if you saw this. Hockey Night in Canada. Oh, I did see. Is this uh, the I Eric? thought it was an NHL player. It's oh, I was going to say Zach Bell. Yeah, yeah, he's like a social media person. He does like trick shots. It, it was unbelievable, like what he can do. Like he's probably really not a good hockey player, but. No, he could do like the trick stuff. Did it, He did anything. a video with – um. It was Eric Lindros and Kobe Armstrong. He's like teaching okay. them how to do stuff, and it was it was really funny. The way, right. yeah, to me, it's always like I'd never really been able to pick up the puck. Right, but he like I picks it up it, and yeah. then spins, spins his it, stick, yeah, and, and then throws it in the air and catches ca- it. Yeah, yeah, no, that was like Harlem Globetrotters of hockey. So that was the beginning of Hockey Night in Canada. So, um, yeah, I just thought that was pretty good. And then yeah, uh, the McDavid goal of the year in my mind and. Yeah, you go through an entire team. That's impressive. That's impressive in my mind. But yeah, that was my uh, bad, good, and great. Nice. Uh, so that about wraps it up for this one. We'll be back Tuesday. Okay. I don't know. What What are you What are you doing Tuesday? I work nights. Huh. Tuesday when uh, I'm off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Work Monday, Tuesday. Off Wednesday, Thursday. Okay, so we might do the same thing as last week where Wednesday or Thursday we'll do recap and preview for the next NFL week and okay. I guess whatever else happens. Hopefully, Actually, I was going to say hopefully not more NHL investigations, but I think it's a yeah, good thing we just have to get it out in the open. That, I almost feel like that's going to be my bad um, if you want to leave it off your NHL list because I have a feeling there's going to be, yeah, an inevitably there's going to be more that comes to light and maybe not just the... NHL. Well, I was going to say, even the John Doe 2 that yeah. Dana... I haven't watched the interview yet, but Request had talked to the mother of John Doe 2, oh, okay. the like, high school kid that right. was uh, sexually assaulted. And the NHL isn't going to pay for counseling or therapy for that family. And it goes back pretty much to the Sheldon Kennedy. Well, it didn't yeah. happen in the NHL, yeah. so it's not our problem, yeah. which is just, not just right. painfully ignorant. Yeah, and yeah it's not the right way to go there. I... I really hope at this point the amount of mistakes they made i hope the owners really take a look at batman and say either you have to make some real changes right or we're gonna find someone else yeah i doubt they do that because right. he's their punching bag yeah but and they've liked what he's done for them money wise so yeah he makes some money so money. that's all that matters it's what makes the world go around so a little somber way to end this one but that wraps it up for this one we'll be back next week and we will see you next time